Welcome back, y'all, to Summer's Vibes Podcast. And I'm your host, Summer. But you already knew that. Last season, we focused on several different topics from a millennial point of view. In this new season of my life and where we are as a country and a nation, we're going to continue that conversation, focusing on politics, spiritual well-being, and our society as a whole. Make sure you subscribe to Summer's Vibes Podcast to stay informed. This is a season you don't want to miss. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Summer's Vibes Podcast. I'm excited about today's episode and also our guest. Uh, We have Christina Ellis on here from Dave Ramsey. She's going to help us out with a lot of tips and tricks, uh, giving some information about student loan debt that I think is just going to be so imperative uh, for many borrowers um, that have student loan debt and also uh, some strategies and some good things to take away for uh, individuals that might be just now starting college. So Christina, thank you so much for joining this episode. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So we were just talking and, um, and I was just talking to you about how much has changed recently, um, over the past couple of months, over the past week, really the past couple of days with, uh, Joe Biden's, uh, president Joe Biden's recent announcement of um, his plan for student loan forgiveness and really like how much of an impact that can have on students. So I wanna take this opportunity right now just to say, you know, what are the details uh, of that student loan forgiveness program and what impact does that have right now, even with the most recent news that we have had a couple of days ago? Yeah, so the applications are live now. They just announced it last night. They are up and you can go apply. So far, they're saying they're super easy. You don't have to submit additional forms, which is pretty cool. It's it's people are ecstatic about how easy it is. But the details are you can get up to $10,000 forgiven if you make $125,000 or less as a single person or $250,000 as a married couple. And if you had a Pell Grant in college, you can get up to $20,000 forgiven. So I did, so this past weekend, I did the beta launch test. So is that still applicable? Because I'm like, do I need to read, do I need to apply again um, for that? They're saying if you did the beta, then that is your application. And now that the application is live, they should start processing those beta applications. But I do want to encourage everyone to stay on top of the latest news. This is a new program. There are still lawsuits out there challenging this program. So it's just really important to sign up for the updates from the Department of Education and stay on top of the news just to make sure that there's not additional forms that need to be filled out, that there's not deadlines that are pushed. This is all new. This is all changing in real time. So just stay up to date. Yeah, for sure. I think it's studentaid.gov, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And then also, um, if you have, if you are if you are a parent and you had a parent plus loan, I think you all, you're all you know the parents are also qualified for that forgiveness as well, which I think is amazing because typically yes. you know the parents is the one that put you through college and they don't get a lot of relief. Right. Yeah. And and there's so many interesting stats out now about, you know, adults over the age of 50 who are still dealing with crippling student loan debt, because like you said, they helped their student through college and, you know, they were wanting to pour into their student and now they're stuck with debt. So I am thankful that they're included in this. 
Me too. My mom has a parent plus loan. So oh, <laughs> she's probably like, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. Like she is definitely like, yes. So I'm like, okay. Like that's the first thing I was like, I did her application first because I was like, let me go ahead and do yours first. But um, good way to take care of mama. I love that. I love that I you did know, it first. For sure, for sure. For sure. You know, they carry us. So we have to carry them at some point. Yes. Um, but then also, so given that we have, um, you know, this forgiveness, right? There are other things that are mentioned in his plan. For instance, um, the income driven repayment. We know at first it was 10% of your um, discretionary income, and now they changed it to 5%. So, you know, for you, like, like what impact does this have on students? I mean, I'm excited. I, I have not paid my government loans, but get actually I might look forward to paying them if I know it's like five percent so uh, can you talk a little bit about that impact yeah so I think it's kind of twofold one people like you right now who are facing these student loans it's going to be such a gift and a blessing for them because it limits that payment and it's like okay it's not going to take as much of your income I feel a lot of concern. So for the last 10 years, I've been out there beating the drum, you know, trying to help students avoid debt completely with mm -hmm. college. So it's like I'm all about helping students figure out how can you go to college debt free. I feel very concerned for future generations because there is the likelihood that it could make debt seem a little bit easier. If students think, hey, if I go to college and no matter how much debt I take out, it's going to be capped at 5%, then they may be more likely to think student loans are no big deal and to take out more debt. And there's also a lot of talk about how it could increase costs for school. If tuition, if mm -hmm. a lot of colleges just think, hey, people are going to take up however much you know loans because it's going to be capped at 5%, then we can increase our fees too. And so I think my biggest concerns are the ripple effects down the road. Okay, that's actually a really good point. Um, that's a, a very good point and a, and a good perspective to think about because if it is capped, then like you said, what, you know, the university or the college that they're attending has no incentive to, you know, not raise prices, right? Because no matter how much an individual makes when they graduate, it's going to be capped at them. So I guess let's talk about that then. You know, you have a student that just graduated from high school. And, um, you know, for me, I think personally, if I think like I should have went to community college, like that's just me speaking personally. Like, I feel like I should have done that rather than going to a four year. So for a person that's just graduating from high school, entering into college, what are, you know, you know, what's the importance of, you know, the financial literacy? What is the importance of making sure that you have applied for scholarships, making sure that you understand the different types of loans, whether it's a federal or private loan and what that looks like for you? Well, I think first and foremost, it's so important to be having these conversations about money. You mentioned offline beforehand that like you, there weren't those conversations as much whenever you were going into college. And I think now, hopefully, you know, I've been out there for 10 years trying to beat that drum, say, hey, you don't have to go into debt. And, you know, Ramsey has been out here trying to tell people that as well. So I think these conversations are becoming more prevalent. And, you know, hopefully even in this conversation, we can encourage parents to sit down with their students and have these money conversations. Talk to your students about, you know, debt, what it will look like after graduation, how much it actually is going to hurt and how much people right now are feeling anxiety with these student loans. A lot of times on these college tours, they're say, they'll say, hey, you know, it's no big deal. Take out as much debt as you need. You'll easily be able to pay it off because of our great degree. And, you know, that's not the reality. A lot of times it's so stressful and it's not easy. And people are crippled with this debt for years to come. So 
have real conversations about money. A lot of parents feel shame about it. They're mm -hmm. like, you know, we didn't save as much as we want. So it's really uncomfortable to talk about. But um, you having that conversation and being willing to put yourself out there is actually such a blessing and a gift for your kid because there are so many different options. Like mm -hmm. you said, going to community college first could be a great option. And what's cool is you can point to so many success stories now of executives, entrepreneurs, people who are running the world who didn't go to an Ivy League school. They started at community college or they went to a state school and they still ended up with incredible jobs and careers. So I think this myth that you just have to go to the best school in order to be successful has been proven to not be true. We even here at Ramsey, we have over a thousand people who work here. It's a super competitive workplace. And if you walk around the building, you'll have people sitting right beside each other doing the exact same job where one person went to community college and the other person went to mm -hmm. a really top expensive school and they're doing the same job. Mm -hmm. So like it's really important to be strategic and realize that you don't just have to pay hand over foot to go to a crazy expensive school. There are different options. I, I know. I like every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like when I graduated back in 2009, I was like, oh, I have to go to like a university, like, and that is your thought because that is what you're growing, like, that's what you grow up thinking um, is that you have to do that. And it's really not, you get the same quality education no matter where you go. And I think that, um, I hope that the younger generations like realize that um, and they understand that, like, you don't have, you don't have to do that, you know, take your time. And also one of the, one of the key things that I think I missed growing up was really applying to like scholarships. Like I just felt like it was so tedious. I didn't want to do it. Like trying to, like, I feel like searching for a scholarship is like searching for a job nowadays, <laughs> you know, try, you know, the application process and everything. And so that can be, you know, for some, I think for me personally, it was daunting for me because I didn't want to sit there and uh, necessarily do that. But also I paid a price for not taking advantage of scholarships. Yeah, well, it can feel kind of overwhelming, but I also I often encourage kids that you spend two hours filling out a scholarship application that allows you to win a thousand dollars scholarship. That's like making five hundred dollars per hour. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's better money than you're going to make in almost any part time job you could find in high school, I guess, unless you're like a Hollywood actor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's worth that time and effort, even though it like may feel like, oh, I'm just applying for a scholarship. That's five hundred dollars. That's like, oh, that money adds up and that's five hundred real dollars that like a lot of people now are paying back in student loans. So it's like it's worth that time and effort. And so I'm, I'm so thankful my mom encouraged me to apply for scholarships early on. My freshman year of high school, she basically gave me a challenge and said, Christina, I love you and I believe in you, but I just can't afford to pay for your college mm. education. So you need to start thinking about scholarships and how you're going to pay for it. And at first I was kind of overwhelmed because I wasn't the perfect student. I wasn't a star athlete, so I didn't know how I could win scholarships. But she just had so much faith in me and encouragement in me that I started to believe in myself. I did a ton of research. I read like every book I could find on scholarships. I was like interviewing anyone who had won scholarships. I was like, tell me all your secrets. Tell me everything I need to know. And just worked hard throughout high school to build up my resume. And then senior year of high school, I treated the application process like a part-time job. I just applied and applied. Job. It was literally like my part-time yeah. job. <laughs> but I was able to win over half a million dollars in scholarships. So it's like, yeah, I mean, where else could I have found a part-time job that would pay that much money yeah. and so I just encourage students to like be willing to put in the time of effort because it feels like almost like monopoly money whenever you're applying like am I really going to win this money is it worth the effort but it's like it's real money that pays off in the long run and so just be willing to to 
take the time to put yourself out there. I couldn't agree more. I, I really, I really couldn't. I have like a lot of friends um, who younger siblings like went into uh, college and I was like, look, make sure y'all apply for scholarships. Make sure you're like really, you know, if you can go to the community college, go to that first. Like you don't have to, like if you can't yes. pay for it. I, I used to listen to, um, oh my gosh, it was a podcast. Um, it was Dave Ram. I think it was called like Student Borrowed. It was like a Dave Ram. Borrowed Future. Borrowed Future. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I love, oh my gosh. Like I love that podcast. Like I like messaging yes. on Instagram. I was like, y'all are legit. Like where were y'all when I was going to school? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, really cool news is we actually created a documentary Mm -hmm. uh after the podcast and so as of last night it went live on youtube for free so you can watch the i know i'm so excited yes it launched about a year ago and before it was on prime video google play and you had to pay for it and now it literally just went free on youtube and Mm -hmm. it is so exciting and amazing i was uh, i got to be part of the documentary and it's been such a cool resource to share with people because it's one thing to tell young people to go to school debt-free and like, you should do this, you should do that. And they're like, oh, I don't really want to hear that. But if you show them this documentary, it's got all these real stories from people who like, one, went to school without debt and two, went to school with debt. And it tells their stories of like the real life challenges. There's a dentist in there who had like a million dollars in student loan debt. And so now he's got this incredible salary, but he's like crying in the documentary because he can't afford his life and he can't afford these crazy payments. So it's just to see people's stories and like the reality of the student loan industry, like it's just so powerful. So I recommend that to all parents because it's a way to like introduce your kids to why they should avoid student loan debt without you just having to like beat the drum on your own. It like paints the picture for them. Borrow Future on YouTube, like listening to that podcast, like I was literally like, I wish that I heard that when I was going into school. And like, you know, like you said, when we were talking earlier and you don't realize like once you graduate that six six months flies by, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're out of that grace period and then here your student loan debt is. So that whole time, and the, the other thing that comes into play is the refund check that you get. So if you get more money, if you borrowed more money than you actually needed for college, like in my mind, I didn't even think like, oh, I'm going to pay that back. You know, I it just, right. it's just not something, it was not something that was top of mind until I, until I graduated. And, um, you know, I think I make better decisions getting my master's most definitely than I did my undergrad. And I feel like the most damage, the most damage for me personally was undergrad. You know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. even like the master's, but listening to those stories on borrowed future, I'm like, I can absolutely relate. I I know so many, and I also know so many people that have the debt and they taught in the, like I told you, like I was literally obsessed with trying to find a way to pay off the debt. Like, Mm. oh, okay, like, can you file for bankruptcy? No, you cannot file for for bankruptcy. Do you let the, do you let them default and then say, I'm going to pay a lump sum? Like all those different scenarios were running through my mind, but I'm like, well, then if I do that, then that's going to ruin my credit. So there's just, there was just a lot of going on a few years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and that's the anxiety and the reality of like, graduating with so much debt, it can be crippling. Like there's so many stats and studies now about the anxiety around student loan debt, about how people are now delaying major life decisions because they feel trapped. 
Um, they feel trapped by the student loan debt. And, like they can't have kids. They can't buy houses. They can't make all these major life decisions because of feeling gripped with student loan debt. And what's crazy, you said undergrad was when you got the most debt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy that like that's even a thing that like an 18 year old couldn't go get a business loan from a yes. bank. But we're just going to like open the checkbook and give them whatever they want to go to college with exactly. debt. And it's like that's just their, their prefrontal cortexes aren't even fully developed yet to be able to understand the long term consequences of these decisions. And so it's just it's very frustrating that this industry has been created that really preys on 18 and 19 yeah. year old kids. I mean, you think about even the interest rates, right? For individuals who have private student loans, like that, that I feel like you you do not get as many chances with your private student loans as you do with your uh, federal, right? Like yeah. who I finance through um, for my private, they have been a lot more gracious than I think I've I have ever experienced with any other loan servicer, but before I got my loans refinanced, I ever specifically recall with one bank, my interest rate was like 12.8%. And I'm like, oh. and I think back on it now, I'm like, you know, that's predatory <laughs> in my mind. And it's crazy to think I was paying, well, I didn't even pay it because I got them refinanced. But the fact that one loan was 12.8%, uh, because it was a private loan. And so I, 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 I think like, that's what sparked the passion right there. It's like, this is, this is insane. Like this is really bad. Is what I would really, say. <laughs> yeah. It's suffocating. It, it's, it, it is, it is, you know, but that, so let's try to change it to a lighter note, right? Let's try to change it to a yes. lighter note. Positive. So, <laughs> so when we look at <clears throat> tips and advice that we can give people who are current um, student loan debt uh, holders, right? Like, or, or if you're still going into it, but if you're a new student going into it, going into college, but people who are current holders of student debt, what are some things, what are some advice, what are some, what is some tips that you can give them? I remember I did look up like Dave Ramsey, like the snowballing and there's another one and I use that to pay off like, you know, little di- like, you know, like credit card or something like that. But what are some things that, you know, some people can incorporate as far as debt payoff tips? Yeah. So I'm really honored now to get to work with Dave on um, the Ramsey show. I'm co-hosting the Ramsey show with Dave and the team. And it's been amazing to See these people that come in. So it's a three-hour radio show, five days a week, and typically once an hour we have a family come on stage, maybe an individual, maybe a family, and they'll tell their story of paying off debt. And it's been so cool because week after week I have seen people with crazy amounts of debt, like I'm talking multiple six figures in debt, come on stage and say like they paid it off. They're debt-free. They followed a plan, a proven plan, and they paid it off. So I just want to encourage anyone who feels like they're drowning in student loan debt and like this is something they're going to have for the next 20 or 30 years. Like you can pay this off if you're willing to get intentional and go through a season of sacrifice where you're just attacking this debt. You can be debt free. We often see people completely debt free in 18 to 24 months, which I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people who have debt. And we actually just had someone join our team recently who had over $400,000 in student loan and consumer debt and they paid it off. Completely took five to seven years, but they paid it off. So I just want to encourage anyone with 
what feels like insurmountable debt, like if you are willing to commit to really attacking it, this does not have to be something that's in your life forever. You can pay it off. And so here at Ramsley, we have the seven baby steps. And baby step one is to save a $1,000 starter emergency fund. And baby step two is where you're really going to attack your debt. That's where you pay off all consumer debt. So like you said, we have the debt snowball. It's where you line up your debts from smallest to largest. And you pay the minimum payment on everything except for the smallest debt. And you're just going to attack that debt, put everything into it. So this is where you get what we call gazelle intense, which is where you're basically like, a gazelle that's running from a cheetah. Like you are running for your life. You are doing everything you can to pay off this debt. So you're, you know, you're cutting back on everything you can. You're eating beans and rice, rice and beans. Like you're eating the cheapest food possible in the season. You are taking on side hustles. You are doing everything you can to attack the debt. So you get that smallest debt paid off. And then you take what you were paying on that small debt and you roll it into the second smallest debt. And you take all of that effort, put it into the second smallest debt work hard, pay that off, and then you take everything you were using to pay on those first two debts and roll it into the third debt. So you can see how the momentum starts to build like a snowball rolling down the hill. Because one of the biggest things a lot of people will say, well, mathematically, like maybe I should start with highest interest rate. But with money, winning with money is 80% behavior and 20% head knowledge. So it's so important to change behavior and see small wins. When you start feeling the momentum of going, wow, like, I don't have this payment anymore. I don't have this payment anymore. You start to get excited and go, okay, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I can actually do this. Okay. I think that 80% behavior, like that's, that's huge. And I, I think it's, I read that it takes 21 days to form a habit. So it really, it, you know, as, as long as you stay consistent and just vigilant, then, you know, you can, you can get it done. We had a, um, there's this young lady that I follow on social media. She, paid off 215,000 in four years. She uh, paid off 215,000 using uh, Dave Ramsey's methods, right? Right. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, oh my God. So seeing her page, right, is um, actually what got me obsessed with um like listening to borrow future like and like yeah I mean and like I went on the Dave Ramsey website and I was like okay snowballing already well and I think it's easy to think that like those stories are an anomaly that like oh just this one girl on Instagram did it but it's like we see it like it's been cool working here because we see it all the time literally yeah. my leader here at Ramsey just paid off nearly two hundred thousand dollars in debt last month like these are stories that are like happening with everyday people and I also just want to encourage people. So one of the keys whenever you're starting the baby steps is to get on a budget. And like you said, it's a habit. But also, if you don't feel like it's clicking right away, then don't give up because, you know, they often say 21 days for a habit. But we found with budgeting, it often takes like three months to even get the hang of it. So I hear all the time people say, like, I'm not good at budgeting. I tried it one month and like I suck at it. So I didn't do it again. But it's like be willing to stick with it because like everybody typically, like most people feel that way when they start budgeting. They're like, oh, this is hard. I'm not used to it. Like this isn't easy, but like over time, it's like a muscle. It will get stronger and it will get easier. Okay. I think that there's an app. I want to say it's the everyday. Every dollar. Every dollar. Look, look. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I use. Okay, that's I was what... say, I was like, I use, I use that with, I've, I've definitely fallen off. Don't get me wrong. But every dollar, that is a really good app too. Like, and you can, you know, you can get in a premium one or a premium plan or what, but you can do the most basic one and mm-hmm. you can insert the, you can insert your deductions yourself and them. They have the emergency fund, the charity, 
literally everything on there that you can possibly think of where you would have an expense. You can put that on there and then just have it deduct. Like I think your paycheck is on there. Any extra money you might get for that month, you can put in there. That one, that one's also a good app. I've used it. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like back in the day, you had to use pen and paper and we had like the envelope system where you had to like carry around your envelopes to like keep your budget categories separate. And now with every dollar, it's just so much easier because like you said, you can just plug everything in. It'll sync with your bank and then you can just add the transactions in. It'll automatically deduct it. It's just made budgeting so much easier. So much easier, no doubt. Well, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I learned a lot of things and I hope that, you know, for the people that are listening, that they've also uh, taken heart to some of the things that you stated and um, whether, we, whether it was about the new, um, the student loan forgiveness program with Joe Biden, the debt payoff uh, tips, and also for new students that are entering into college, the importance of, um, you know, sitting down with your parents and having a real conversation and also uh, the importance of applying for scholarships. So I definitely appreciate it. Um, I'll give you the last word if there's anything else that you would like to say to everyone listening. Yeah, well, thank you for so much for having me. It's been a fun conversation. And I just encourage everyone to be intentional. No matter where you're at in your journey, if you're getting ready for college or if you're paying off student loans, be intentional and create a plan. You know, on the front end, decide to take student loans off the table and then figure out, okay, if I'm not taking on debt for college, you know, what can I do? What are my other options? Because when debt's not an option, it's amazing how creative you can get. And it's like, there are so many options out there for going to school debt-free. There's tuition assistance programs, there's scholarships, they're starting at community college. There are a variety of ways to go debt-free. So be intentional to do the research and figure out your strategy. And then with paying off student loans, like the baby steps, it's a proven plan. We've seen so many people get out of debt and be completely debt free and then start building wealth, get to the exciting part of money where you actually get to, you know, pay off your home and fund retirement and really live with freedom. So it's all about making those decisions on the front end and saying, you know, this is the type of person I want to be. I want to be a person who is debt free. I want to be a person who is wealthy. I want to be a person who lives wealth to who leaves wealth to future generations. That's right. You know, so decide who you want to be and then be intentional about getting there. Well, thank you so much for those gems. I truly appreciate it. And thank you for your time today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.